It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the College Football Coast to Coast Show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Football fans to college football coast to coast. If you are a new college football fan and you have not seen our wonderful faces before, I am Jacob. I am here along with my co-host, Tyler. Uh, it is season three, episode one. Uh, we are in the third season of this program. And uh, we have gotten to the point, Tyler, where farther than I think you and I envisioned it in the first place. And it's really grown a lot. Thank you for everybody's support uh, through it. It helps us uh, keep coming back for another season. So it's great to be back for another season with you, Tyler. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, we had a long off season. Uh, we had had this plan, this master plan that we were going to continue throughout the off season, but it was just so dead. There was really nothing to talk about. Uh, but we got week zero. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to get into our conference championship picks, our college football playoff picks, uh, and potentially our national championship picks. So definitely uh, stay tuned till the end. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, we like to kick off every show with a bang. In uh, in the biggest thing here is we're going to plug before we do anything. I want to plug our, our big show, uh, our show that we normally do once a week. Uh, I haven't been on in a while. I I'm dedicated to coming back on with you guys a little more. Uh, but that is the sports scramble podcast. If you guys are watching the live stream, you guys can click on those links there and you can follow us on Twitter there or on YouTube and subscribe to our channel on there, as well as this channel. If you guys want to tune in for the college football content, uh, but without further ado, let's jump right into our first thing. And we're going to talk about the AP poll. Our AP top 10, uh, more specifically, is out. It's ready to go. Uh, so we have seen our preseason rankings for what matters up through mm, about the first six or seven weeks uh, of college football. So right out the gate, uh, I'll open with the first five. I'll have Tyler close with the last five. Uh at number one, Georgia. Georgia is your defending national champions. Uh, they are coming back for a third uh, repeat of, or the three-peat uh, of the national championship. So they are back looking for it again. Nobody has done it since the 1930s uh, when it was the Minnesota Golden Gophers were the last team to do it. Uh, so moving on to number two is the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan's had a lot of things happen in the offseason. It'll be interesting to see where they stand uh, when we look at the big picture of all the teams in the top 25 and we get through the first couple of weeks. They got some easy cupcake matchups we'll talk about pretty early on in the season. Right behind them is their other Big Ten East foe, and that is the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Buckeyes have lost a lot. Uh, in the offensive arsenal, but have gotten some young talent in. They're looking to be the team at the top at the end of the year with a 30% chance to win the national championship right now. Uh, moving on to number four, their lowest starting position in what feels like forever, and that is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, it is definitely something to see there and something that we will watch. They have a couple of tough matchups early in the season, as we saw last year. Rounding out the top five is another SEC powerhouse, the LSU Tigers. They're coming in looking for a hungry season where they are the underdog in the SEC this year, and they feel like they have a chip on their shoulder after having a couple of uh, 
close calls and, and close losses that really would have boosted them high at the end of the year. Um, but I'll have Tyler continue from six to 10. Yeah. So I'll get uh, the back end of this AP top 10. Uh, we have our first PAC 12 team of all of the things that have been going on in the PAC 12, you know, we have uh, two Pac-12 teams, uh, but the first one is USC. Uh, a lot of high expectations coming in uh, with a uh, Heisman Trophy winner with Caleb Williams uh, coming back. Uh, no uh, Jordan Addison uh, this year, uh, so they are going to have to to reload on the offensive side of the ball. But the main question I have for me of this USC team is their defense. With Alex Grinch, can this be the year that they have a national championship-level defense? Because I think that they have a national championship-level offense, so we'll see if the defense can finally complement that. Then we go to number seven, a team that Jacob is quite familiar with is the Penn State Nittany Lions. Can this finally be the year that Penn, we see this Penn State team break through? I feel like this is the most talented team that James Franklin has had probably since the 2016 and 2017 days. Uh, but no longer Sean Clifford. You have Drew Rowley there. I'm sure that a lot of Penn State fans are just saying, thank the Lord that Sean Clifford is finally out the door. Uh, but there's a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, with Nick Singleton, one of the best running backs in the country, I think that Penn State's defense is going to be right up there with Michigan's. And then coming in at number eight is a team that I'm very high on in the ACC. That's Florida State. Uh, the one game that we're all circling on is that week one matchup versus LSU. Uh, we feel like if they get past LSU, I mean, this could be undefeated season. Uh, you still have Clemson there. Clemson is the number nine team uh, in the country. DJU, no longer there, so... They're going to be going with Cade Klubniak, uh, so we'll see how the quarterback does there. Will Shipley is back. Uh, so pretty much all the offensive stars that you saw last season is back. And then their defense, I think that that's, that could potentially be one of the best defenses right up there with Michigan. And like I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, we see Washington round out to the top 10. Uh, we see Michael Penix uh, coming back uh, for one more season out there in Seattle. Uh, and like USC, I do have some uh, question marks uh, surrounding Washington. Uh, their pass defense uh, wasn't great uh, last season, uh, so they have to really do a 360 spin if Washington uh, wants to compete uh, in a really talented, uh, you know, Pac-12. All the talk has been about Washington uh, and also USC, but you got other teams like Oregon State and also Oregon uh, that could also be in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of teams that could be right there at the number 10 mark based off of last season's finishes. Uh, but who are we to question the AP, uh, AP poll? So, you know, we will see what happens. <laughs> uh, Chet coming in with the more like DJ underthrow. Uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. I, I'm very curious to see. There's been some quarterback moves and I'm very interested to see what happens with these teams biggest team on that top 10 that really really is going to be the team i'm going to watch all season long and that's the florida state seminoles i think that team is very underrated even though they are in the eight spot that team could be uh in the top four at the end of the season and be fighting for a national championship with a very young talented team uh that could be close to what the next alabama dynasty has been if they can keep their recruiting up and they can keep their talent there in Tallahassee. We will just have to see what happens there. Moving on, guys, we will go right into week zero. Like we mentioned, we'll get right into the first games. There are seven of them. Uh, and, and there's some eh, ones. There's some ones that I don't think anybody's going to watch. Uh, and then there's some that, Everybody might be watching and some early ones that I don't know if anybody would be awake to watch. So we'll see what happens. But uh, really, right out of the gate, we've got a really, really good game. Uh, it is played across the pond over there in Dublin, Ireland. It is Navy, the Navy midshipmen up against the 13th ranked Notre Dame fighting Irish. Uh, this will be an interesting game. It's a 2.30 Eastern time kickoff on NBC. Uh, a lot of people going to that game from what I what I've seen, they are talking about record numbers for this game. Uh, as it's happened the last few years, it wasn't able to happen because of COVID. This game was actually supposed to happen then. And here we are uh, two years down the line and we're having it. So I, I'm really excited to see what happens here. This will be a big challenge for Notre Dame's defense. I think it just is a Navy team that's shifty. They're going to move the ball 
right at the start of the line of scrimmage and they you just don't know where it's going to go. It's one of those things where they'll be on the ground or they might have a rare pass play and air it out, you know, and, and they always seem to surprise us. So I, I expect Navy to stay in this game up until halftime uh, in Notre Dame to pull away as the game gets later on. Uh, Coach Freeman will be a big focal point of this Notre Dame team for me this season. He has to be able to control his guys early in the season. What we saw last year was Notre Dame get away from who they really were early on in the season. That's what we see those losses uh, pile up. You know, they opened the season last year with a loss, uh, arguably of I mean, the toughest game that they've had in a number of years against Ohio State. But this is a big challenge for them, even though it is Navy. So I am very looking forward to seeing that game in Dublin. It'll definitely be an interesting matchup. You know, last year's matchup uh, in Dublin brought us Northwestern uh, and Nebraska, and what a game that was. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to get that same magnitude. You know, this Navy team last season, they're coming off of a season where they fired their head coach. It was not the season that, that the midshipmen are looking forward to, uh, but the triple option always is going to give you fits. Uh, the defense, uh, you know, this is not the opponent that you want to face in week zero when you're trying to, to tune up for bigger games ahead. Like you mentioned, they have Ohio State in a couple of weeks uh, out there in South Bend. They're going to be looking some for revenge, but I'm going to be interested in watching Sam Hartman's first game for Notre Dame. You know, Sam Hartman uh, left uh, of Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest uh, was a pretty good a ball club behind him, uh, but now he goes with Marcus Freeman. And like you mentioned, I think that the running game, that that's definitely going to be a key in this factor. I think that Notre Dame's running game is going to get going. And also Sam Hartman, I think that he's going to throw a couple of touchdowns. Uh, I'm not going to be the one saying that this game is going to be close. I just think that Notre Dame just has too much talent on both sides of the ball. I just think that, you know, with the triple option, that's cute and all. But Notre Dame is just used to that level of ability of rushing a sign. They haven't faced this Navy team. They just faced this Navy team just last year, and they won pretty convincingly. Uh, so I think that Notre Dame, if we're going to do a quick pick here, I think that the Fighting Irish, they're going to enjoy a lot of beers uh, out there in Dublin. Their, their football team is going to go one know the start of the season and get off track because this is what this team needs. You know, last year we were talking about on this same show, that is if it, it's Notre Dame – we're looking through their schedule, like how many wins do we see? And then all of a sudden they get nine wins of the season. So I think that a lot of people are high on this Notre Dame team. Uh, so I think that the midshipmen just don't stand a chance in this one. Yeah, it's going to be a very tough game uh, in the second half. And I just think it'll be longevity that pushes it uh, over the edge for, for the midshipmen to be able to come back and compete in this football game late. Uh, you'll see some tired legs out there, I think, early in the season. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a great game. Now, second game here on our schedule for Week Zero is Hawaii. We'll be traveling to Nashville to take on the Vanderbilt Commodores. It, it, the biggest thing, aside from the game, it, like, let's talk about what's going on there outside of the game. Let's just say that in Nashville – their stadium that Vanderbilt plays at on on campus is currently a construction zone. Um, I don't think they understand what's going on there because, uh, folks, they were doing major construction uh, at the field just the other, like, last week. So I, I, I'm so confused. They have 11 days. They had 11 days the other day. Now they're under 11 days uh, to, to kick off their season and they just have a football field with an end zone at one end. It's only on one end. They're doing the construction <laughs> at the end of the field. They have the field goal post and then there's just nothing but just clay dirt after it. It's like, it feels like something out of the longest yard. Um, <laughs> it, it just doesn't look right. Like looking at their stadium, but in typical Vanderbilt fashion, uh, they they're never on time to, to just about anything. So especially when it comes to college football in, in their seasons. Um, but this year seems different. It kind of like last year, last year was a little funky for Vanderbilt. And I, I was honestly shocked with some of the, the, the uh, results that we got from their games last year. And I was like, man, this Vanderbilt team's actually putting up a fight. 
So uh, I, I'm a little shocked uh, by that. And going in, I think there's high expectations uh, in Nashville for Vanderbilt. So uh, a game against Hawaii here. Hawaii, I just don't know what we're going to get from them season to season. Uh, it's like they're just, you know, out there in the first game, and then we get to critique what happens. We really don't get any insight in the offseason, especially about Hawaii. Um, yeah, I, I I think if this is a game that Vanderbilt wants to start off on the right foot, they'll win this game at home. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would probably give the nod to Vanderbilt here by maybe two touchdowns. I seems a little weird, but it's it's early. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, we were looking at the same schedule coming out, Hawaii and Vanderbilt. It was on the islands last year, and we almost picked Hawaii to pick the upset. Well, good thing we didn't because Vanderbilt put up 59 points last year. Uh, so don't, you know, if you're betting out there in the college football world, you're probably circling this week zero game. You know, Vanderbilt's not that great of a football team. Look at what they're going to be playing in. They're going to be playing in construction zone. Uh, so their field goal posts might be the steel beams uh, that are going on. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with you. I think that there's something brewing here in Vanderbilt with Clark Lee. You know, they – they had four wins last season. I, I expect this team uh, to get six wins. I think that they're going to pull off an upset or two. Would not surprise me if they shock uh, Florida. Florida is a team that's still figuring out. Missouri could be another upset. Kentucky, you know, with Devin Leary at the helm uh, and some question marks on both sides of the ball. Uh, so I think that, you know, looking at the week zero schedule, I feel like everyone's just going to be talking about Navy, Notre Dame, and this Hawaii Vanderbilt game. And then, of course, we have USC playing against San Jose State. Uh, but outside of that, uh, the week zero schedule is pretty boring, but who cares? It's college football on our television, uh, so we're definitely not complaining about that. Sure, absolutely, and that's why I think we're going to skip a couple of games. There's some games that really just ain't worth talking about, to be honest with you. Uh, we're going to skip a game here and there. So Chet says, yeah, who has more fans this week, the game. local Vanderbilt High School or the game at Vanderbilt? It's a well, Saturday night. I would say – I would say that Vanderbilt would if they didn't eliminate uh, a quarter of their seating in, in the end zone. So uh, I, I might take Nashville High School. I think the, uh, the move is more effective of the road fans. Like If you watch any Vanderbilt fan, especially if Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, one of these big-name teams come and invade this school, I mean, there's just no Vanderbilt fans. It's just a sea of red every time that Georgia comes over. So this affects the road teams more than Vanderbilt. It does, yes. Yeah. So, uh, moving on, uh, we'll skip a couple of games. Next game, I think we'll talk about here uh, is that San Jose State versus USC. Uh, a very interesting game in my eyes because San Jose State is not a team to sleep on. Uh, they are a very competitive football team. Won some good games last year. Uh, I will be shocked if. USC runs away with this game. I, I I just don't see that happening. Um, I think it'll be a pretty close game through three quarters. It will be a USC team. I kind of like last year. They came out slow. We didn't see much. It, it was just kind of lackadaisical playing by USC. And uh, I don't know. They just get off to slow starts. And every one of Lincoln Riley's teams gets off to slow starts. I don't know what it is, but they do. And if San Jose State comes out quick throws the football, moves the ball. Uh, and like you had mentioned, you know, it's that USC defense for you that is going to make it the focal point of the season in, in your eyes for that team. And, and for me, it's an opportunity for San Jose State to exploit the USC secondary and go after it and see, are they good at the, at the line of scrimmage? Are they good in the secondary if we decided to air it out? Uh, so I have all eyes on this game. I don't even know who to pick in that. The safe one would be USC, so I guess I'll go USC. Uh, but, yeah, a very interesting game to me. Yeah, it's very interesting. I, I definitely agree with you. I think that this Lincoln-Riley offense uh, has to get it going. You know, like you mentioned, I'm not worried about them. I want them to hold San Jose State to under 20 points. That is my goal for USC's defense. You know, we talk about San Jose State last year in the Mountain West. They were a very good football team. I think that they're going to be a very talented football team in the Mountain West. You know, you got Boise State, Fresno State at the top. Uh, but don't really count out San Jose State uh, in that conference, uh, in that division. Uh, but I think that this is going to be 
a blowout would not shock me if there's a lot of blowouts in week zero. It's pretty poor matchups, uh, like I mentioned. Uh, but I think that USC, the, the Kale Williams offense is going to be too much. San Jose's defense uh, was very poor in the 2022 season. Uh, but my main goal for USC's defense is just to hold the Spartans to under 20 points. Just please. If you do that, you're going to be off to a fantastic start. Yeah, so um... – those are the games we're going to talk about for week zero. The rest of them, I think, are snoozers, and you should put your head on the pillow for those games. Um, and get ready for week one. Yeah, so we'll we'll get ready for week one. Put some hot dogs on the grill, some burgers. Call it a day. Um, moving into our iconic segment, and this is the one that everybody's been waiting for, and that is the ACC championship picks. Uh, I'm really excited because there's been a change and that is there are no divisions in the ACC anymore. I am so happy. It is all together in one giant cluster of just absolute chaos and mess. And it makes it good. I I think it's going to suck for some of the teams that aren't going to play as well. And it's going to be great for the teams that, uh, really have a chance to compete for a national championship this year. Um, so for me, you've got uh, a handful of teams that are currently in the top 25 to start the season that are in the ACC. Uh, you go down the list numerically, Florida State at number eight, Clemson right behind them at number nine, and North Carolina at 21, the Tar Heels. So uh, um excited to make my picks and i'm excited to pick my game for the acc is it an obvious pick yeah it probably is uh but it is a pick nonetheless my pick for the acc championship game is florida state versus clemson um in that game i feel that it is gonna be a battle does Dabo sweeney have more experience absolutely uh, in that game, I think Florida State is a young, feisty team, and I think they can get it done. I will take the Florida State Seminoles to win the ACC. Well, I thought that we were going to get spice for Mr. ACC, but, you know, with the divisions, it's hard really to get anything else. I feel like if you're in the divisions, like you would have been all in on Duke uh, because, you know, Duke oh, absolutely. is returning Riley Leonard, one of the best quarterbacks, and he's from Fairhope, Alabama, which is, you know, mm-hmm. just a hop and a skip uh, from the both of us. Uh, so I think that, you know, Duke, I think they're going to be a fantastic story. It would not surprise me if they get eight and nine wins. But I think there's really only three teams that we're going to be looking at. It's going to be Florida State, Clemson, and North Carolina. Then there's, you know, pros and cons with a lot of them. There's probably more cons uh, with North Carolina. They have a very talented offense with Drake May. I think that he's going to be in the Heisman discussion once again. But like USC, their defense is just downright abysmal. If you look at the 2022 season, their first two games, you know, looking at Appalachian State, they gave up, up over like 60 points to a, a bad Appalachian State team uh, that finished like third or fourth uh, in the Sun Belt. So I just don't think that they have a championship-level defense uh, to compete in the ACC. I definitely think that they can get nine or eight wins. I think that it's going to be a very solid team under Mac Brown, uh, but I don't think it's going to be good enough for them to get back to Charlotte for the ACC championship game. So, like many other people around the country is picking, it's going to be Florida State and Clemson. It's going to be pretty vanilla, going to be pretty boring picks. Uh, I think, you know, Clemson, like I mentioned, I think that their defense is going to be one of the best in this conference. I think that their offense with Cade Klubniak got off to a very, you know, rigid start in the, in the end of the 2022 season. Last time we saw this offense was against Tennessee and only scored 14 points. So they're going to have to do better. No more DJU. It's all on Cade Klubniak and Dabo. This is their guy. And if it doesn't work out, then there's going to be some critics out there going, uh, what the heck? Like, you know, Dabo, can you not, you know, not only recruit the quarterbacks, but can you not develop these quarterbacks anymore? So, but I am high on Florida State. Uh, I'm going to go with the Seminoles to ultimately win the ACC championship. Uh, these two teams do face in the regular season. It is at Clemson. I think that Florida State uh, is going to win both of them. I think that they sweep this series. I just think that they're the better, well-rounded football team. I trust Jordan Travis more than Kate Klubniak. I think that their defenses are pretty comparable. Florida State really went after the transfer portal, had an, another outstanding recruiting class. So I expect Mike Norvell's club uh, to get it done. It would not surprise me if they 
they have a 11 and one and 10 and two season and they're on the knocking on the door of the college football playoffs. So I'm going to go with the Seminoles getting back on top of the ACC. It's been a while. Yeah. And you know, like you mentioned about the quarterback thing that's going on there at Clemson, if something doesn't work out and we see another orange bowl happen, uh, who is the one team that you think can cause like mass pandemonium when it comes to the ACC, you know, looking at the, in the grand scheme of things, like who's the one team out of all of them that that can actually say, Hey, look, we can go and take down Florida state or Clemson on the road. You know what? I'm going to say Duke. It would not surprise me if week one, if we're looking at like the four or entering the fourth quarter, and this is a tie ball game. We have week one matchup with Clemson and Duke. And I think, you know, North Carolina, I think that Duke, I just trust their defense more. You know, Riley Leonard is, you know, doesn't really get talked about in ACC. Everyone wants to talk about Jordan Travis and Drake May. Don't get me wrong. Those are the two most talented quarterbacks in the nation, uh, but Riley Leonard, can absolutely sling the football. So I think I trust in their head coach. They had eight wins last season. After in like year one, they didn't even make a bowl game. So I think that going from the year two jump, you had success in the ACC. I think that their schedule really is favorable. You know, they do get Clemson. They get a lot of the big boys. So Duke's going to be able to prove themselves. But I would not shock me if they upset, you know, would not surprise me if they upset week one and Clemson, you know, Clemson, that's their first game. They might be a little bit rust. Uh, so it would not surprise me if Duke hangs close in that week one matchup against Clemson. Absolutely. Moving on to our next big, big, big championship uh, is the Big Ten championship picks. Uh, so moving on back to the old-fashioned divisions. Nobody <laughs> likes it. Nobody wants to talk about it. But here we are for another year of more fun when it comes to divisions. Um, East and West. uh, The East is way better than the West, folks. It's the same thing every year. The West still sucks. Um, Until next year, maybe it'll be okay. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the West, you know, and the future of it uh, at a later date. But here we're just going to talk about our picks for that championship game in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, I'm going to start with my pick from the West. My pick from the West is going to be an interesting one. They've had some changes. Things happen. Um, No, it's not Iowa. So nobody start talking about Iowa because nobody wants to hear it. The Hawkeyes don't have offense. I get it. Spencer Petras is gone. Uh, I I, I do not care. Iowa cannot score the football. Cannot do it. Every week, folks, every single week that Iowa is playing, you bet the under every single week because nine out of ten times. I mean, their own players did. I mean, you're going to win money nine out of ten times. So forget about it. Uh, Team that hasn't been there lately, they get rid of their quarterback. Well, I say get rid of. He transfers out uh, and goes to his new home. So I, I think that. This year, I'm going to go with the Wisconsin Badgers to take the West. Um, They are ranked 19 right now in the AP Top 25. I think that they have the best opportunity uh, when it comes to talent and and talent that we haven't seen in a few years since Jonathan Taylor. You know, really, they're going to be able to compete. So I I think that uh, for the West, it's Wisconsin. If it's not Wisconsin, I think it's Illinois. Um, I love Illinois football. I, I don't, I said it last year and last season. Um, but I love watching Illinois football, something about it. They are just hungry every single time. The best game I ever watched last season was Illinois and Michigan. That game came down to the last second of the game, uh, in Ann Arbor. So I am over the moon for, uh, Illinois football and excited to see them compete and try to win their way to Indy. Um, For the East, on the East side, folks, it's a big mumbo-jumbo. First of all, I think Michigan has the third best odds in order to do it. Um, I I just think that they're going to miss a step, especially with Harbaugh being not on the sidelines for the first three games, but then again, they are playing against preschool teams. Um, 
aside from them, Ohio State has two quarterbacks uh, that they're trying to decide uh, who they're going to start. It seems like they're leaning more towards their junior quarterback. So I, I expect them to start, expect him to start for, for Ohio State for the majority of the season unless something goes sideways fast. Um, Ryan Day's team will be there in the end at the and like till the very end of the last game, they will be there trying uh, to, to jockey for that spot. And the team I think they'll be up against is Penn State. I think there's it's a three team race like it always is in the East. So I expect Penn State to have a very good season this year. The matchups are favorable. Their schedule is tough. Um, But like you had mentioned earlier when we were talking about AP Top 10, I think that they are the most hungry team in the East and the biggest change team in the East when it comes to personnel, uh, that is coaches, along with players. They have guys with experience, young guys that have no experience, but they're, they've worked their butt off to get to the point where they're one of the top 10 teams in, in the AP poll. So it, with the Rose Bowl championship win last year with you know a veteran quarterback, now you come in with a kid that's had some experience in last season, played a lot of games, finished a lot of games out for Penn State. So I expect Drew Aller to be that guy for Penn State. Um I expect him to have a killer season this year. Um, maybe not a Heisman year, but a, a, a very good year nonetheless. Uh, so for me, I'm going to go Penn State and Wisconsin in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship game. It is 2016 all over again. So I expect that to happen again. Like you mentioned, this could be the Penn State team of the 2016-2017 uh, and can they finish the job is the question. Uh, since you start in the West, uh, I'll go in the East. I might as well just get over it because, like you mentioned, it's a three-team race. I think that Michigan State just doesn't have the talent, especially with Peyton Thorne transferring to Auburn and now being the guy at Auburn. I mean, it's like they had one good year. I just don't think that they can get back there again. Uh, so I, I think that Maryland is definitely one of those teams to watch uh, in the West, especially – uh, in the East, excuse me, with the talent that they have co- coming back, especially at the quarterback play uh, with Tonga Baloa coming back. Uh, but it's a three-horse race like it always is. Uh, hopefully whenever we have uh, all these uh, Pac-12 teams coming into the Big Ten, uh, that changes uh, because the divisions are, are also going to be gone too. Uh, but, you know, looking at Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State at the top, uh, you know, the quarterback play – with Ohio State, that's going to be a question mark. You know, we've seen Drew Aller on the field, uh, but he hasn't really started a full game. Uh, and, and it's not going to be easy coming off of the bat. You know, you get West Virginia in the first game. I think that Penn State has to get off to a hot start. And then Michigan, I think that they are the most talented team on paper. Uh, but, you know, they've been close in the college football playoff in back-to-back years. You know, the first year, whenever they faced off against Georgia, it wasn't pretty. And then last year uh, they lost against TCU. So this is a hungry team that, you know, they've been to the college football playoff, but I think that they have aspirations uh, of winning the national championship this season. I definitely think that team can do it, uh, especially with the schedule. They do get Ohio state at home. They do have to travel to Penn state. And like you mentioned, whenever Jim Harbaugh, his three games suspended, I mean, it's three cupcakes. So I'm not really worried about it. They're going to go three, and zero like they always do to start the season. And then Ohio State, I think that they're the oddball out of this team. I think they also are talented. They have one of the best receivers in the country, Marvin Harrison Jr. If the quarterback can honestly just play average, I think this could be a team that could really go far. Uh, so, But in the end, I think I've talked about this team too much uh, to hype them up. I think that Penn State is finally going to break through. Uh, they do get Michigan at home. I think that's going to be the tiebreaker out of this one. I think that it would not shock me if all three teams are tied and it goes down to a tiebreaker and Penn State wins it. Uh, would not be shocked at that. Uh, but I think that Penn State's going to win that three-horse race. I, I trust in Nick Singleton in that backfield to get it going, Drew Aller. I think that the talent is not going to be too much for him. The stage isn't too big for him. He's a five-star recruit for a reason. And I think that this with this defense, with losing Joey Porter Jr., I think that they've done a very good job uh, recruiting so the big question mark has always been on james franklin he cannot win the big games we'll see if he can do it this year you know circling michigan circling ohio state if you at least go one and one if you go two and oh this could be the number one seed uh i would not be shocked if they give it the big 10 team uh, the number one seed in the playoff but ultimately i do think that penn state gets the job done and heading over to the lovely west uh, i think that 
this is pretty much feels like a two-team race between Wisconsin and Iowa. I do think that Nebraska is on the, the up-and-coming with Matt Rule. If you look at wherever Matt Rule has been, year number one hasn't been so good, but year two is whenever he's going to make the money. So I think that Nebraska, they do have the talent coming in, uh, but I just feel like they're a year away. Uh, so I'm going to agree with you. I think that we have Penn State and Wisconsin. I'm very high on Luke Fickle. Wherever where that man goes, I picked that team to win it all. So, you know, he was very good with Cincinnati. And I think that he just has better talent at Wisconsin. You know, the quarterback play is always going to be a question mark at Wisconsin, uh, but they were able to get it, uh, their answer through the transfer portal. And they also have Braylon Allen. This is going to be a team that's going to run the football probably 500 times that they always done and rely heavily on their defense. So I just don't think that there's an offense that can stop. Uh, this Wisconsin team. Uh, so I think that ultimately it's going to come down to Wisconsin, Iowa, but with Luke Fickle being the head coach, I trust him more over Kirk Ferentz. Ferentz is just too stubborn to change his play calling. You know, his, he hired his son as his offense coordinator. Uh, so this is a make or break it year, especially with Caden McNamara transferring there. So give me Penn State, Wisconsin, like you mentioned, the 2016 vibes all over again. Yeah, I think it'll be a good test uh, for both of those teams. I think it'll be a good time uh to to see how they will uh assert their dominance i'm gonna go Uh, no in this question (laughs) yeah yeah chet says will iowa score there's chet's nickname Uh, for him yeah well iowa will iowa score more points this season than their women's basketball team did in the national championship that is no Um, 85 is the number by the way if you didn't know so i i I don't even have them scoring they can't even score set they scored seven points against South Dakota State. If you think that if Katie McNamara is going to come out of, you know, be their savior, it's still the same guy calling the plays as Kirk Ferentz. So I am going under. I mean, if, yeah. if the old, old players pick the under, you might as well pick the under two with them. Right. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I think the West is going to be just as interesting as the East this year. The Big Ten is the last year that these teams can look at it the same yeah as it's been for a long time. So moving into our next big, our Big 12 championship picks. Uh, the Big 12 is honestly the number one conference for me to look at for this season. I think this whole conference, well, the makeup of this conference has changed a lot, and it will change even more next season when you see a couple of teams exit, some new ones come in, Um kind of from all over the map. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, but we're back to the big old giant mumbo jumbo of one giant conference. The top two teams are going. So uh, yes, I'm excited. Great. Lovely. So uh, get rid of all that garbage with East and West division. So big 10, you got something to work on um, here. We've got four teams that are inside the top 25, four teams that are, pretty good and a couple of them that they're a little bit over the moon rated as far as the ap is concerned and i think their uh, true colors will show in about mm, week three so um you know going with my first pick to be on the top uh, I, i'm gonna go man it's a weird one but i gotta do it because they're they're an interesting bunch in, in I was really high on them last year. I think you kind of know what direction I'm headed, but it it was such a weird season for them. And, and they seem like the team that if you were to dial their number, they were the team that would come every week for the upsets. So for me, it's going to be Texas tech. I think the red Raiders finally get their opportunity at a big 12 championship game. Um, it might be the first year in a long time that we've seen this, so uh, I, I think that the Red Raiders are a definite team to look out for. They're returning almost everybody from last season. So I expect them to be uh, ready to go for for the Big 12 championship and to just go after it, just go hunt down the top dog uh, in the Big 12 conference. I think the top dog at the end of the day in the Big 12 conference is probably going to be Texas. I have Texas probably being that team with two losses to be the number one team in the conference. These teams are going to beat up on each other all season long. I you will not see an undefeated 
person in this conference. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be close uh, when it comes to that. It, it just, I, I don't think anybody is going to see a Texas team win 11 games this year or 10 games. I think it's an eight win season for them. Um, so the losses have to come somewhere. And I think if they're going to come anywhere, it's going to be within the conference. Um, so yeah, those are my two teams, uh, to be battling it out, uh, in Texas, obviously over there at AT&T stadium. So I expect it to be a really good one. Um, and ultimately that game could go either way. I have no pick in order to see who wins that game or, or whatever, because they're completely two different teams. Yeah, I think that this – I agree with you. I think this is going to be a conference that's going to beat each other up. I just don't see the Big 12 team, you know, getting undefeated in an 11-1 team that would be fighting for the playoff. But, honestly, the Big 12, this is an exciting conference to watch. You know, we know that Texas and Oklahoma, this is their final year, but you also have some new faces. You got Cincinnati, UCF, uh, BYU, uh, and Houston uh, coming into the conference. Uh, so, I think that all out of those four teams, I think that UCF definitely – has the talent and, you know, John Ross pulling me at quarterback. There's a lot of question marks with other teams. So I think that if you want to pick one newcomer to do well in that conference, their first year, I'm going to go with UCF. Uh, but going in now to the Big 12 championship picks, uh, I do like that Texas Tech pick. I've been saying it for the whole offseason. I think that Texas Tech is one of my dark horses. I think that Kansas, once again, is going to be very good too. Jalen Daniels coming back. Their defense, though, I mean, this is just typical Kansas defense. It doesn't mean in a bad way. I think that they're going to be improving. But at the second half of the season, they absolutely imploded, giving up like 40 points to Oklahoma, 30 points to Oklahoma State. I think you're going to see some teams fall off. You know, TCU, I don't see them going undefeated and going to the national championship, especially with the offensive firepower they lost. Uh, Kansas State, Will Howard, I do expect them uh, to be decent, but they lost a lot of the of talent on the defensive side of the ball. So I think that all those teams in the middle, Oklahoma State too, I think they're going to have a drop-off too. Uh, so I think I'm going to just go with the two teams uh, to win it all here if Texas and Oklahoma. I think that Texas goes 10-2 and two and Oklahoma goes 9-3. and three. I think that Texas Tech is going to be right up there. Uh, you know, Oklahoma, I know that this is definitely a questionable pick. Why are you picking Oklahoma? They went 6-6. Six and six. Uh, But if you really look at their losses – most of their losses were under like six points. Like they lost very close games. They were in every single game. There's just no way that happens in back-to-back years. I think that they completely flipped the script. I have faith in Dylan Gabriel in this offense. The defense, I don't know what happened in Brent Venables. You know, usually Brent Venables, whenever he coaches up the defense, it was pretty good. So I just don't see that defense being that bad. Once again, I think they're going to make the valuable adjustments. Uh, so I think, you know, looking at Texas, too, they're my pick to win the Big 12. I do have the Longhorns doing it. And it's probably going to bite us on the butt. We Every year we're like, oh, Texas is back. Texas is back. And then they go like 8-4, and 7-5. Uh, so uh, we'll see if they're for real. Once again, in week number two, when they hit the road uh, to Bryant-Denny Stadium to face Alabama, they, you know, they really thought they had it last year. I think that this year with Alabama having some – quarterback issues uh, so we'll see if texas can get that done if they beat alabama i think that a lot of people are going to talk about this texas team being in the college football playoff race already and then the next game they're probably gonna lose to kansas and then fall off the face of the earth uh, but i think with quinn ewers coming back for another year uh, you know ewers showed some bright spots throughout the season he just has to be more consistent he lost B. John robinson so that's a, pl- a heavy playmaker that's a lot of carries that's going to be racked up. But I think that this defense is going to carry the load for Texas. I see them being the best defense in the Big 12. I think that Texas Tech's defense has also been improving. So I'm going to go boring picks here. I'm going to get to my spicy picks soon. Don't you worry. But I'm going to go with Texas and Oklahoma. We're going to get a Red River Classic in Arlington. Part two of the Red River Red River shootout there is going to be uh, in the sights of Tyler. Yeah, I I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, I think that Kansas State uh, losing my dog, Deuce. Deuce Vaughn, is just an absolute detriment to that team. I think it's going to be tough to recover when it comes to running the football. Uh, there will be some all-out blitzes from the defensive lines up against uh k-state this year so it'll be interesting to see how they battle that out um 
Yeah, some teams that come in that I just don't think are going to be able to compete. Teams like Cincinnati, BYU, uh, Houston. I, I just don't see them competing and having meh seasons, kind of 500 seasons. So that's why I went with Texas Tech. It's because I don't think the teams coming in understand anything really. Like, they don't, I don't think, respect Texas Tech yet. Uh, you will learn. They're gonna. As long as. The longer you stay in the Big 12, you will learn to respect Texas Tech. So um, I expect them to uh, have a good season. And honestly, their defense is top tier when it comes to the Big 12, like you mentioned. So uh, looking for a reload and ready for them and everybody in the Big 12 to kick it off with some high-scoring offense this year. Folks, pro tip, most of the games this year, please pick the over in the Big 12. Unless it is some team that can't score the football, I'm looking at you, West Virginia. Um, Iowa State. Then please pick, please pick the over. Yes, or Iowa State. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. If they they're playing each other this year, please pick the under in that game. That's been the only game that you pick the under. So uh, no, I, I'm excited for the Big Twelve. Like I said, most exciting conference to me this season, uh, with a close one at runner up right here. Yeah. Moving on to our next one. We're headed out west, folks, to the Pac-12. I am ready for this to be over. I am so ready to see all the mass changes in the Pac-12. We'll go from the Pac-12 to probably the Pac-4 because there will probably be only four teams left in this conference by the end of it all. So, uh, yeah, so there's some spicy picks here, and I feel one coming from Tyler. So I'm ready. I'm ready if you're ready. Um, I'm ready. I kind of know what your pick is probably going to be. Can I go first then? <laughs> you're weird like that. And uh, no, I I think it's going to be an interesting conference this year. First team that I think is not going to be a part of it, that has been for quite a while, Utah. I think Utah is done and over and out of the Pac-12 race. Um, Cam Rising will not be the starting quarterback to start the season nor will their backup quarterback, it looks like, to be the starter for the season. They're looking at their third-string quarterback to play week one of their season if everything stays the same, unless somebody heals fast uh, and their backup quarterback heals up really quick, uh, then they're they're playing with a third-string quarterback to start the year, and they are going to be one-dimensional completely, uh, and they won't be able to move the football, I don't think. So... With a tough, tough test to open the season up against uh, Florida, so I, I'm interested to see uh, how that's going to go for them. As far as Oregon goes, Oregon's an interesting one because I'm not sure what they're going to bring uh, this year. It's just going to be kind of an odd season, I think, for Oregon. And uh, I'm more looking at their their other state foe when it comes to competing for the Pac-12 championship. I think. The most underrated team in this entire Pac-12 has got to be Oregon State. Oregon State absolutely shocked people last year, not only throughout the season, but in their bowl game against Florida, basically putting them down and out to where they just had no chance uh, at the end. So I am very excited for Oregon State. I was last year. I was so hyped up on the Beavers, and uh, I am ready for another season with them. Uh, to play well, I, I think that this is the year they can make the Pac-12 championship. Honestly, I think the team that they're going to play against is probably going to be the same team uh, that we saw last year uh, that came oh so close, uh, and that is USC. I think USC, uh, I think they're ready offensively. And I have the same question that you have. You know, Are they ready defensively? Uh, and we'll find out pretty early on. They've got some tough tests. So uh, I'm ready to see, you know, they're going to play Notre Dame again this year and that'll be a really tough game for them. So I I look forward to seeing what happens uh, with USC season and Oregon State season. I think the two will meet at the end of the year uh, for this Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, it pains me to say, you know, if you've been a listener and watch of this show for the past two years, Jacob and I have been riding the Utah train for as long as we can. And for us to be hopping off of this train, it feels like, you know, the Polar Express, they just cut our golden ticket short. Uh, you know, but Cam Rising got hurt again in the Rose Bowl. It was tragic for him. Uh, but, uh, you know, with him being out for the first couple of weeks, especially with a Florida team that they lost, 
to uh, on the road this time. It is at Utah Dukes. So expect them uh, to get revenge uh, on the Gators. Uh, but Utah, most of their tough opponents are on the road. And if you know about this Utah team at home, they are just a different team on the road than at home. Uh, so I think that Utah, I think they're still going to be a very good football team. I think that, you know, they're still nine win ceiling. You know, they're probably an eight win team. Uh, eight and four, nine and three is probably their ceiling for the season. Uh, like you mentioned, I, I do love Oregon State, uh, but I would have loved it better if we didn't get the news today that DJ is their starting quarterback. I just I just don't know about him. You know, I know that he has his talent, but he hasn't showcased it. If Ben Goldson was the guy, I feel like Goldson, I, I've just been, you know, shouting from the mountaintops like, please start this man week one. Did you not see what he did? You know, he will be the- he will be the starter. By the you time were, we get to week I six. know it was a bad Florida defense, but come on. I mean, it's an SEC defense. At least it's not against some, you know, you know, we're picking these guys off the street and putting them on the field. This is, a, you know, an okay defense. But, you know, Ben Goldenson, who was able to, you know, they do have, a, you know, they're starting to run back, coming back, their defense. I feel like that was the most improvement. We have not seen an Oregon State defense play that physical in quite some time their head coach jonathan smith it would not shock me he gets pac 12 coach of the year at all you know he went 10 and 2 last year there's a lot of high expectations out there on corvallis i definitely think that team uh, can do it but i just feel like they're going to get overpassed by some teams i think that those two teams that we're going to talk about them with bo Nix. i do think that they're going to be a 10 and 2 team they're going to be very viable they don't have to face Georgia this season they're probably like thank the lord we don't have to face georgia week one and get our crap pushed in week number one. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with Washington and USC uh, to meet in the Pac-12 uh, championship. I do think that USC's offense is going to carry them. We'll see if their defense uh, can get it going. If their defense can get it going, this could be a team that can get to the playoff and also win the national championship behind Kale Williams. Uh, but Washington is the team that I want to talk about. Michael Penix Jr. You know, threw for over 4,000 yards uh, for the Washington team. Coming from Indiana, I think that he's going to have a ginormous season for the Huskies. I do think that Washington's defense, they do have the talent in the secondary. I think that their head coach and their coaching staff is going to go right after that secondary and be like, hey, you got to pick us up if we want to go and reach our ceiling. So Washington do have some tough games. They do get two out of three games at home. They get Oregon and Utah at home. That's very – Washington, that is a very tough place to play. It's not easy to go in Seattle if it's raining. Uh, they do have to go on the road to USC, but I just trust Washington's defense more in that matchup. So I'm going to give it to Washington to win the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, a good pick. I, I like that pick. Uh, you know, for you me, I think a dark horse. I mean, dark horse Heisman could be Michael Penix Jr., you know, warming yeah, a chair. Watch sports I mean, he's going to be a guy to watch. I mean, if he keeps the turnovers down, keeps mm-hmm. the ball moving, That's and they play clean. well and play like a top 10 team, I think uh, they could be in that spot. Absolutely. I think, you know, with them in Oregon State, really could be battling it out for that spot to play against USC. Um, sucks that we're closing the book, like you said, on Utah, but uh, times have changed. Things move on. We have to People move on, move on to a brighter and better team. Who will it be? You'll find out throughout this season uh, who we're going to be riding with. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's going to be a long and a wild ride in the Power Five. But you know what? You know what I like to do? I like to look outside the Power Five. Let's go to the Group of Five, and let's look at our team to watch in the Group of Five this season. Tyler, who is your Group of Five? team to watch this year in the crazy grand scheme of things of this 2023 football season yeah i think that there's definitely a lot of good teams if you look at the ap poll there's one one group of five team and that is the two-lane green wave i feel like that's a boring pick we know two lanes gonna be good i feel like you know on sports scramble i said utsa but you know what it's got to be the sun belt fun belt south alabama is your team to watch I know that Troy's getting all the hype. James Madison, they're going to have a very good season. But if you look at that division, you know, if they beat Troy, I know Troy's on the road. But if you look at last year's matchup, both teams cannot score the football. It's like the one game where South Alabama's offense just went to sleep. I think that they finally found their head coach, their offense, along with their quarterback. I think that they're going to have an explosive offense in the Sun Belt that's going to play. 
I just feel like this division, you know, Southern Miss, they're going to be a very good team uh, to watch in that division. But outside of that division, it just feels like a two-horse race between South Alabama and Troy like it was uh, once again. And if you look at South Alabama, last time we saw them on the field, it was just an embarrassment for their defense. I think that they have circled that and saying like, hey, guys, this is never going to happen again. I think that their defense is going to be locked in. They create a lot of turnovers. They have, Their secondary is filled with ball hawks. So give me South Alabama as your group of five team to watch this season. Yeah, no, I, I love that pick. Um, it is my alma mater. So, it yeah, is. no, I, I, I love that pick. And uh, I, I do think that Ken Womack has them, Coach Womack has them ready and, and completely revitalized that team from the ground up in order to uh, make them into a winning team. Fantastic turnaround season last year, the biggest turnaround in college football, it feels like, uh, outside of the the Power Five. They're a great football team right now. Um, like you mentioned, you know, that game against Troy, I mean, I, I sat in the booth and covered that game, you know, if you remember. So, I mean, it just was a game that I'm sitting there watching going, what is going on? It was just, it was weird. It was cold out. Um you know, it, was, it was a cool night. So that game always surprises everybody. It's like if that's a game that you want to somehow vote, you know, like put your picks in for you know that game. Like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on this. Like, there's just no chance that anybody should bet on that game because you just don't know which way it's gonna go. Um, I, I love that pick, and it, it's. It hurts that you took that pick from me. I hate Sorry. that. But uh, I'm going to move over to the Mountain West for my pick. Um, my pick in the group of five to watch. Um, shoot, I'm going to go with Boise State. I think Boise State is my team in uh, the group of five that is going to shock a lot of people. I think that, you know, based on their season last year, I think they're in a good spot. Uh to be in the top 25 at the end of the season. And I expect them, you know, look, if they sit anywhere between 20 and 25, that's a successful season to me for a group of five team. We're never going to see a group of five team that's going to make the college football playoff as it stands right now until those major changes do come. So I, I I think the Boise state is ready to go. I, I think that they can do it. And I think they can be a team that wins nine games in uh, finishing season nine and three, I think that is completely possible at the end of it all. Um, now that we got our group of five fun out of the way, I guess we'll go back to the power five for just a, just a wee minute. Um, it's the powerhouse conference of the Southeastern conference, the sec championship game. Um, look, I, I am full for the fact that they need to move this game out of Atlanta it needs to be poof gone in that stadium. I just think they need to find a better place to do it. They need to do it. I think in New Orleans at the Superdome, if they really wanted a grand stage and you wanted what, you know, a lot of people are looking for in the teams that are going to play in the SEC championship game, you put the game in New Orleans. I, I think that would be a, a really good spot. Um, don't know why they won't do it, but here we go. Questioning the almighty NCAA in college football. We, I mean, folks, you can throw that out the window. You just, whatever you're thinking, think the, they think of the complete opposite. So just so you know, um, biggest thing in the sec eh, boo. Eh. Just like the big 10 East West. I hate it. I'm done. I'm it's over gonna it. Be gone. Let's move on. <laughs> Next year. I'm so ready for it to go. It's like a bad illness get out of here um we'll start off in the east the east is not as fun as the west folks you know that um the west is where all the money is made so the east is like half of the money is made so um yeah i i think that it's pretty clear cut simple and it's going to be georgia <laughs> I, I i don't have any question about the fact that it's going to be anybody else but georgia the only team that has any sort of fight that they can compete with them is probably Tennessee. Um, yeah, I, I don't expect anybody else to really be a contender. Will South Carolina be a team that I will root for in the East all season long? Absolutely. I I am determined to see a game 
at williams Bryce Stadium. I am going to that stadium. I am going to watch a game there. And it's going to be against Clemson. I just have to do it. It's one thing where it's like, you got to go to the Penn State wide. You got to go to LSU, Alabama. You got to go to, you know, Clemson versus South Carolina. North Carolina against South Carolina is a great game. So I, I just think that these are big opportunities for teams like South Carolina to go in and win some games and be a part of a big game like they played Notre Dame last year uh, in, in their bowl game. So I think that it uh, could be a very, very good Cinderella story and a big you know, Netflix doc- documentary on, on uh, South Carolina type thing. But uh, no, Georgia's going to win it. I, I don't see that going anywhere right now. Um, just another season of them not playing anybody. So, uh, yeah, great for the East. Um, congratulations. Over to the West, um, it is a three-team, possibly four-team race. I think it's probably a three-team race. Um, yeah. Uh, um, why am I even thinking about Auburn? Um, so, you've got technically four teams in the West that are currently ranked within the top 25. Some are towards the bottom and the others are towards the top and there's nothing in the middle. So uh, yeah, Alabama's ranked four currently LSU five Ole Miss 22 and somehow A&M is ranked 23. I don't know why we keep including that team. Uh, Cause they, they never turn out to be what we think they are. So um yeah, it's going to come down to the Alabama-LSU game, kind of like last year. I, I, It's going to be an exciting game. The one caveat is it's in Tuscaloosa this year. Sorry, Tyler. Um, but, yeah, I – man, I don't know. It's tough. That's really tough. I hate to say it, Tyler, but I think it's going to be Alabama. We're going to get the old-fashioned Georgia-Alabama treatment, I think, this year. Um Yeah, because unless Alabama loses another game, and if they lose to Texas, okay, scenario, if they lose to Texas, LSU could do it. Even if they lose, they could do it because Alabama might lose two games. And if LSU's only loss on the schedule, only loss is Alabama, they've got to be the team. So I could necessarily see it happening. Um, So it, it can happen. Who knows? But as of right now, I'm going to do Alabama, Georgia, just just to be that. Be that. Well, of course, it pains me that you picked Alabama, but we're not we're not going to be biased on this show. Uh, you know, even with the background stuff. And if you're <laughs> if you're listening to audio, then just forget what I'm saying. Uh, but obviously, I'm going to go with the East. It feels like a two horse race. I know you brought up South Carolina, you know, with Spencer Rattler. Uh, but they have to go on the road to Georgia, and that's not going to be pretty for them. Uh, even with Georgia, with Carson Beck, I just think that that defense just, you know, they lose talent, and all next year they're one of the best defenses in the country. So until I see a defense that just fall flat on their face, I'm going to pick Georgia to win the East. I think the, you know, the sexy pick is to pick Tennessee with Joe Milton with his arm talent. I, I think that, you know, if Hinton Hooker not being there, I definitely think we saw some bursts with Joe Milton uh, in the Vanderbilt game and then also in the game against Clemson. Uh, but, you know, uh, the Georgia-Tennessee game, Tennessee does have the caveat. Uh, they do have that game in Neyland Stadium. It's probably going to be a 2.30 game on CBS. That's going to be the last year that we get to enjoy that lovely tune before the Big Ten uh, takes it from us. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with Georgia. You know, if you look at their schedule, it's pretty much a cupcake schedule. I mean, you got South Carolina, Tennessee. I think that's going to be the only two games. Florida is just not there yet. Kentucky with Devin Leary, that's going to be a nice story. Missouri, yeah, they, I mean, they, they played them well last year, but it's going to be in Athens. It's a different story when you go between the hedges. So Georgia is going to go undefeated. It would shock me if they even lose one game this year. If they lose one game, that would probably be the biggest shock of me this whole entire season. But now to the West, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a three-team race. I keep bringing up Arkansas every year, and they just keep disappointing me. So bye-bye, Razorbacks. We'll see you later. I mean, I feel like every year Arkansas starts 6-0. and We're talking about them. And then they lose to Texas A&M. And they're like, okay, well, let's go lose four more games to be 6-5 and and then almost lose to Kansas. So I don't know what's going to happen with them. Uh, but I, I'm going to go with LSU. I think that, you know, LSU, if you look on paper, they're the most talented team uh, in the SEC West. I'm not 
counting Alabama Nick Saban off, no question. I think that the quarterback play, you don't even know who's going to start right now. Usually when you know we're for Alabama, you know who's going to start week one. You don't. Is it going to be Todd Buckner? Is it going to be Jalen Marrow? You don't know. And they do have lost some uh, offensive firepower. You know, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, you know, the, the you know the wide receiver play last year wasn't that great. Jermaine Burton's going to have to step up this year. It feels like he's going to have to be the wide receiver one along with Brooks. Uh, but, you know, I just think that LSU, I know they had the game uh, in Tuscaloosa. Even with a loss there, I think that LSU, uh, you know, if 11-1, I could see Alabama go 10-2. Pick the two losses for me, I have no idea. Could they lose to Tennessee? Sure, that game is also in Tuscaloosa. So it feels like every big game that Alabama has is at home. They face Texas at home. Texas A&M's on the road. We'll see if Texas A&M's offense is more improved with Con- Connor Weigman as their quarterback one. So, But I'm going to go LSU-Georgia. I think that, you know, Brian Kelly – is returning a lot of stars uh, on both sides of the ball. I think that that offense could potentially be the best one in the SEC. So give me the Tigers and the Dogs, part two. Yeah, it'll be an exciting one in the SEC and throughout the Power Five and Group of Five. Um, yeah, I just think it's it's going to be the makeup of a really good season. You know, here we are, season three of our show, and uh, it seems like – we just picked up right where we left off. I know we were away for a long time, folks, but we're back. We're here for the next what fifteen weeks? Or longer? Sorry to say it. Pretty much. Sorry to say it like that. Second week of January. Yeah, so we could be here a long time, folks. So buckle up, get ready because it's going to be a long football season. Uh, put those chin straps on, mouth guards in. It's ready to go. Uh, for the 2023 football season week zero is coming at you guys this weekend it'll be a fantastic one uh and we will see you guys next week for a jam-packed week one this is when the marquee games will happen we got some big games coming uh and we will be here to bring it to you guys so tune in uh next week and we will have you guys some results from week zero and some fantastic picks ready to go for week one Thanks, Tyler, for joining me. We will see you guys for episode two next week.